This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Bella Sante Health. They pride themselves in creating some of the finest CBD products on the market, doctor recommended and third-party tested, and they have registered nurse on staff to answer all of your questions. They utilize 99.9% pure hemp isolate grown in Colorado with less than 0.3% THC. Their CBD products are legal in all 50 states. And it's not just for people. They also have small animals, CBD oils, and saps that are available. I found this company when I lived in Arizona as they were founded in Tucson in 2019 by a group of medical professionals and athletes. That's why they have a scientific approach to health and a commitment to excellence in everything that they do. They formulate pure, organic, single-origin, and third-party lab-tested CBD health, wellness, and beauty products that are referred by doctors, wellness professionals, and veterinarians. Make sure that you contact them today at their website, bellasantehealth.com, and they also are giving a 20% discount to anyone who mentions Little Bit of Life podcast. Make sure you check them out today for anything that you need from a medical condition, skin condition, anxiety, sleep, depression, and even for those small animals today. Welcome to Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little on social media. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join in that have impacted me along the way. Very little is left off limits. Enjoy on your favorite streaming platform, watch live videos of interviews on YouTube, and let's dive into some topics together. Hey guys, I'm very excited for this very special episode. Welcome into season three. I'm very excited. When we say the name East Palestine, Ohio, Do you think about families? Do you think about communities? Do you think about farmers? Or do you think about the toxic waste train derailment that happened on February 3rd? Shipments of toxic waste from the East Palestine, Ohio area are expected to resume after a brief pause due to environmental officials. A total of 38 cars derailed in the 3rd February incident, including 11 carrying hazardous materials. Solid and liquid waste from the site are just now being shipped to specialized facilities, and just this past weekend, officials said that the air quality in the town is now normal, despite ongoing fears from residents. I'm very excited to have this very special episode today on this topic and talking about how this really affected the residents and what the future looks like. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, a little bit of Life Podcast with Little. I am launching season three. It is amazing to me that this podcast is not even a year old yet, and we are in season three, episode 56, mind-blowing. But when we talk about mind-blowing, I'm going to ask everybody that's listening, where were you on February 3rd? Is that a date that sits out in your head? Is that something you're like, oh, I was here, I was doing this? Probably no. You're probably driving to work or you're probably getting your kids ready for school. You're probably running your business. But I have Jamie on with us today. She is a guest. Incredible opportunity to have her on today. And what are we talking about February 3rd? We are talking about the Ohio train derailment. And for Jamie, that date of February 3rd is something that not only changed her life, but it's probably going to change her life in the future. Jamie, welcome on. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I have to say I was born and raised in Ohio. When I heard this story and not only just heard what they were promoting out there, but almost the lack thereof of information, it really pulled me to find a resident that was from that location 
Ohio, for those that don't know, it's a family vibe. It's a family feel. It's it's almost that you guys are, you know, you raise cattle, you do eggs. It's very much generation upon generation that are passed down. So can you give us a little bit of information um, from your experience? What happened on that day? Well, I know when it came across the TV that I was watching a movie with our family and yeah, it was pretty much shocking um, because you don't hear things like that very often and that we don't watch the news, so we don't see a whole lot of that, but it was sad. Um, like, and then you all go right into wanting um, to know, like the know what was there, what completely happened, why is the fire carrying on so long? all those things, because is it safe, harmful? Should we all evacuate? You know, so much goes through your head. Mm -hmm. And then you think about like, for those like us living on a farm, how do you handle it with all your animals? You can't bring them all inside and lock up. So it, it gets hard and it's actually upsetting because our animals are loved and you don't want anything to happen to them. So it just kind of was a whirlwind of emotions for me. Anyhow, that's how it was. Mm -hmm. When it occurred, um, obviously I relocated. So I live in Texas now and I've been watching the story almost daily. Is it something right when it happened? I mean, the visual pictures that the media showed was incredible to me. I mean, you can see it from the air. Is it something that you could see from your location? I mean, how far away were you from the actual derailment location? We're about 20 miles, like a straight flight. Um, no, we couldn't see anything. We couldn't smell anything. Not that I was aware of at that time. Um, but I have people that visit our farm an awful lot from that area, and they all ended up evacuating eventually. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't see anything. Like It was almost like a dream feeling. So, cause I wasn't there, but my ha husband has been working actually in East Palestine the last week. And he said, you can smell a different smell, but it's not, doesn't seem awful, but we don't know either at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think it's that the question of the unknown, um, being yeah. that it was carrying <laughs> so much hazardous materials and chemicals that was burned. It goes into the air. I mean, we heard it all, you know, it came down as mm -hmm. almost like an acid rain. You can smell it, but that goes into your ground that goes into your air quality. And that's something that, you know, being a farmer, that's, that has to be scary. I mean, you don't know what, how it's going to affect your cattle, how it's going to affect your chickens, which in return affects your business. Did the city or anything kind of reach out or notify anyone or are they just kind of like, we, we don't know what to do? Um, I don't know directly in East Palestine. I know there's a dairy farm over there that is very concerned about different things. He milks a lot more than we do. Um, but all our stuff currently is inside for the winter so they're all undercover. All their feed is undercover. Um, I mean, because we have three horses, we have cows, we have, we're getting pigs, all this stuff that's going to be out in our pastures. And we're going to need to test everything eventually. We didn't want to do it right away because it takes time. Um, we did get our water tested because 
um, it would be in the milk because the cows drink so much milk, you know, and we drink and eat all the stuff from our own land. So there is a little bit of a fear for what's coming, you know, once we start planting and stuff. So, cause we have close to 90 acres on our farm and then we rent a couple other properties around us and that would be a lot of feed and consumed items that would be affected if it is in our ground, even though we're 20 miles away. So as a precaution and for a safety net and for our own knowledge, we're getting it all tested. So we did send in a water sample, not that we're on the same water table, but that was like the number one thing everybody was concerned with that comes here Mm -hmm. for our business. So and it's also something getting this tested in the future. That's that's a financial strain for your family, mm-hmm. for your business. I mean, that's when you're talking about that's, that much livestock, it's not cheap for those that are listening. I mean, to to carry out a business and to have a farm, you know, now it's this lifestyle that social media is showing of like, you know, oh, go get property and get land and, you know, own animals and livestock. It is a day to day struggle financially, but it's also this is this is also a, a cause of concern that might impact your business. I mean, with you being a distributor and having milk, has this affected, you know, different companies or stockholders or customers that may have a fear of what the next, you know, round of this, you know, being in the water or being in the air or the chemicals is going to affect, you know, the livestock and obviously what they're getting? Yes. Um, we have approximately 76 families that come through our farm weekly. And I know six of them have stopped, put a hold on anything that they get here. Um, That's a big deal to me. It was actually more emotional for me because they're like my family. It's my community. It's, it's my people is what I always call them is my people. So when they tell me that they have to put it on hold, I, there's, I cried each time because it almost feels like I'm failing and it's not me. It's, you know, the world. (laughs) So I said, if you want to get to us, any of the Americans, it's get to your farms first, you know? So, cause that's the way everybody has to eat is through the farmer. So it's been, been very hard and I don't want to lose anymore. So I'm taking all the precautions and yes, it costs a lot of money to run the business, a lot of energy time. And then like the money, it, you don't make much off your own product. So it's, it's hard because you can't fully charge what you would like to charge for what you put into it. So Mm -hmm. my husband does work off the farm for the reason that we could not sustain a living just doing this. So it's me and my kids that run the farm and it's hard. (laughs) With future testing and testing that much, you know, livestock and it's like we said numerous times, it's the unknown. We No one knows there what's coming next. And, you know, seeing all of the reporters that were coming out and speaking to these families, I, that's why I wanted to have you on because this topic is not just another story in the media. This is affecting, like she said, people, families, communities. And especially in that location, I mean, it's something where everyone knows each other. Like you wave at your mailbox to each other. You know your mailman. You have a sense of community 
and respect. And especially like with your career, you have people that rely on you, but in return, you rely on them to come and get product and, you know, keep your farm running for testing. What things do you think are going to be coming up that you're going to have to try and do? Well, we have already a good water system that feeds the whole farm. It's all filtered and there's charcoal filters in it. So um, I'm not overly concerned because we're a well water. We're on a different water table Mm -hmm. um, about that. And we're also more northwest than them. So it's all downhill for there. So it's kind of not going to really affect us. I was never concerned. It was when they were talking about the acid rain and how it went in the clouds. And they said the first rain after they didn't want you out in it because be covered if you had to. And I'm thinking I can't lock myself away. I have to do my chores twice a day, at least, if not, you know, check on everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, that getting into the crops on the pasture, because we rotate all our cows every day to a different pasture. We have 22 and that could be all contaminated, you know, and we're considered grass fed. So it's, it's hard, like, because everybody wants the good, the natural. So now what's their choices to go to the store and get something that they don't know about who knows where it comes from. So some of it comes from overseas, I hear, and I've, haven't eaten from a store for a long time. So it's kind of hard to know that they're backing off of us when we're trying to take care of a situation. Mm-hmm. And now they are going to go to a store or find another location or something. It's, it's rough. <laughs> Watching all of the the video and it's, it's incredible to me because Growing up in Ohio, I was the same. My grandparents lived in the same property for years since my mom was born and they had their garden and they grew all of the items they needed. And it's something that is very sacred. The ground is sacred. It's something where when you have a community and you have your own well-being there and this kind of disrupts that. It was amazing to me. There's a, a company that's trying to do a petition because now they're talking about not only um, basically the cleanup of it, but now they're questioning whether they're going to charge taxpayers for this cleanup, oh. which is yeah. something even worse. I'm like, you know, this is, this is something that not only is, you know, having families evacuated and moved out, but like you, you, you don't know what the future holds. So now having taxpayers with the opportunity that they have to pay for this cleanup is just absurd to me to even ask that. Yeah, I can't imagine that they haven't had the help that they actually need there in East Palestine. And, and I think that the railroad company should stand up and take care of the issue with no fight at all, or not even like, um, like trying to avoid it at all costs. Like, cause that's what it feels like they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm originally from Michigan and they hear things and then they start asking questions or posting things. And some of it's not even true. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's frustrating how it's like the game that the phone game where it just gets changed every time. So when they post things, whether it be on Facebook or on social media, and I see it, I'm always saying that's wrong. I don't, you know, like that is absolutely wrong. And I feel like 
that I'm trying to start an argument with them, but I'm not. But like when my sister had said that they're not allowing products from Ohio or don't buy Ohio products, I'm like, do you realize what you're going to do to everybody here? Like if that's the standards now that they have, because we're, you know, we're known for a lot of different things and they don't want it, you know. It's hard to think that people are like that. And then you think that's actually going to affect Pennsylvania because that's the direction everything went. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's going to be the domino effect the next couple of years, I think. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I think it happened so quickly. It was unexpected. And, you know, obviously for listeners, we don't get into policy. We don't get into religion here. It's just something we don't do. So if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, they're going to talk about it. We don't talk about it here. The reason I have her on is because this is affecting families. And I don't think that that has been shown very much in the media of, you know, the families that are standing on the side of the road that were evacuated, the families that are having to go back into their homes and they're unsure whether it's in the air, whether it's in the air ducts. A lot of them have children, animals. And I think it's hard. Like you said, there's a lot of false information that's being spread. I don't know if it's just because of panic or because of the unknown. But I mean, seeing some of the pictures was just incredible to me. I'm like, this looks like something out of a movie. This this cannot be real. And then the fact that it happened and then it was maybe talked about a couple days and disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's unimaginable to me because there's, there's families, like you said, this is going to happen for years. This isn't something that's going to happen for a couple days or a couple weeks. This is a long haul that a lot of people need to listen and question, okay, what does our future look like for our families, for our businesses, for our animals, and everything in between? Because I have a feeling in a couple of years, there's going to be some things that come up that were very unexpected with this. Well, they say that some of the chemicals is cancer-causing. That's not going to be tomorrow, you know, like that. And how do you know that's what it's from? Or how do you know it's not from that, you know? So... It's, it is the unknown for everything. And I, I still would say that if somebody's going to a farm market and you're trusting in them or talk to them, I would stick with them. Don't, don't go somewhere else because they're going to be more honest with you in the situation. And as a farmer, I know probably 99% of the farmers actually care about what they do. So I know they're getting tested. I know they're trying to take things so that they don't ruin what they're doing because you have to stand behind your product in order to sell it or, you know, help somebody or any of that, you know? So I just stick to who you know. And that's in this area, I think, because I think that'll that'll get you through. Mm-hmm. So their product's going to be probably better than trying to find a store with it where you don't know where it comes from. Yeah. And when we think of everything that we put into our bodies, I, you make a good point of, you know, you don't know what you're getting at the store. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know the location. So when listeners are sitting there going, you know, well, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable. So you feel comfortable going to a store and paying way more than you should be, especially with the economy the way it is now. And you don't even know where it's coming from or what you're putting into your body. And it's something that if you have not, you know, shopped locally, you're not raised locally, anything like that for a lot of listeners, it is normal for us to just go to the store and pick something up based on a price or based on a label sometimes. 
And I really encourage you, if you're listening to this, to shop local, to support mm-hmm. those that are in your community. It's very important, especially nowadays. It's something that we need to start doing this from home and supporting those that are within our own backyards. Right. Well, see, in the things we have, we have meats. So we raise pork, beef, chicken, and then we're getting lamb. And then we have layers. Um, and then we do herd shares. We have raw honey. That's from here. You know, like there's all these things that we have here that could be ripped away all of a sudden, you know, and it's my joy. I like doing tours. I I don't want to lose any of it, you know, so and when you have people driving three hours for some of your product, it's that's like a, it's a, it's an excitement, almost prideful, I guess, because somebody found you and you're highly spoke of and I want to keep that there. So like the water testing was on the more expensive side. I usually pay $15 for a water test because we have to do it regularly anyhow, Mm -hmm. because it's what all our animals drink and us, we drink our own well water, but um, it was 115 this time just for the, the water sample. That was like, a choke. <laughs> so, I mean, going from $15 to 115, that's a big jump. Yeah. So, you know, but we put it through. So we're waiting for the results here. Um, they said 10 to 14 days, which it's usually three. So I imagine they're bombarded. And I, I had actually a third party, um, collect it an organic inspector, um, collected our water, videoed it, documented everything. So that. Um, if there were any questions, we had proof of everything. So I'm just trying to be careful. And I just want to go back to Norfolk, Norfolk Southern and get my money back from. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, like I said in the in this episode, I don't do politics. I don't do right. religion. Those are hands off. But I am going to put the link in the bio description um, that is a petition. They're trying to get 50,000 signatures to make it where taxpayers within the region are not responsible for paying this in the in the near future because it's coming very quickly. Um, it's something that, like I said, I have that family feel and that family vibe and family support. So if you're listening to this and you feel connected to Jamie and you're like, man, you know, that, that that's not right. Just click on it. And if you want to sign the petition or even read about it or just share it, I think that's important. The more we connect as a, as a society and a community, the better off these families are going to be. It doesn't matter what state you live in. Just reach out and, you know, play that part, make that change. So Jamie, I really appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable. I know it's very hard because coming on a podcast and going globally all over, you're opening your entire home into strangers. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about it. And I can just tell for those that are listening, you can't see her on this episode. I can just see how much pride and how proud you are of the business that you're running. And I just can't, I really hope I mean, I'm praying for your entire family and your company that in the future, this does not affect you any more than it already has. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. It's, it's nice to get the word out, um, from a local, I guess is, you know, so, um, it is definitely a situation we all need help in here and far, you know, cause there's families worrying about them, their families out West, you know, so yep. It's hard and I don't want them getting the wrong 
info. So it's always best to go local and ask. Yes. Appreciate it. We'll take care of every single animal you have and the family. I'm definitely going to be stopping in and checking in with you and seeing how everything's going in the future. And uh, like I said, if you're in a community and you're just one of those that there's, there's no problem with it, but if you're one of those, you're just going to the grocery store and grabbing and go, make sure you shop in your community and help out those that are your neighbors, because now more than ever, we definitely all need that. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Shop local. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow today's episode on your favorite listening platform and share these stories to more that need to be in the know. Get in on the action with the podcast Facebook and follow the little adventures on Instagram at little cute one AZ. I'll catch you on the next episode.